Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. Mark 11. Father, we thank you for the power of your word and the holy anointing that is upon your word. Your word is saturated with the oil of your presence, and so may your word and your spirit loose life. Life and power in the name of Jesus. Life and power in the name of Jesus be released. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem to Bethpage and Bethany to the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and he said to them, go into the village opposite you. As soon as you have entered it, you will find a colt tied, which no one has sat. Loose it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it. And immediately he will send it here. And so they went their way and they found the colt tied by the door outside on the street and they loosed it. Some of those who stood by them said, what are you doing loosing the colt? And they spoke to them just as Jesus had commanded, and so they let it go. And the disciples brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it, and many spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down leafy branches or palm branches of trees and spread them on the road. And then those who went before And those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Hallelujah. And Jesus went into Jerusalem and into the temple, and so... When he had looked around at all things, and the hour was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. And now the next day, when they had come out of Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing afar off a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And in response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. And so when they came into Jerusalem, then Jesus went into the temple and he began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry wares to the temple. And then he taught them, saying, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and the chief priests, when they heard it, they sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him, because all the people were astonished at his teaching. But when evening had come, he went out of the city, And now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Mm. And Peter remembered 
and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Jesus answered and said, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Glory, you shall have them. I want you to notice that Jesus did something very different here. He spoke to a tree. Does everybody see that? This was different. This was, this was a different moment for the disciples, the apostles that were following Jesus. He spoke to it. It withered and it died. And once you see, he spoke specifically to the tree. He was in conversation with the tree. Are you seeing this? Tonight, we're going to speak directly to something in our nation and in the nations of the world. And I believe that God desires for us to speak directly and curse this virus that is moving in the nations. We're going to curse coronavirus. We're going to speak to it directly, and we're going to curse it. Secondly, we're going to curse the fear and the propaganda machines of fear-mongering in our nation and in the nations of the earth. Can I get a shout of praise for that? We're going to loosen this place faith and hope. Amen? We're going to lose faith. And we're going to lose hope. And we're going to deal with fear tonight as well. I'd like you to hold your place in that scripture and jump over to Psalm 91, the psalm written by Moses tonight. And we want to declare the promise of God through the word of the Lord that Moses gave unto us. And we want to declare it tonight over not only every one of our lives, our family, but over our nation and over the nations of the earth And I want you to go with me tonight through these verses. I'm reading right now out of the New King James Version to declare and loose the promise of God. That is what we're doing. We are loosing the word and the declaration of the promise of God. This is our inheritance. Amen. Come on. Say amen. This is our inheritance. He who dwells, come on, in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence, and He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you shall take refuge." His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at 
noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Shout to the Lord right there. Come on. Hallelujah. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra and the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will sit him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him. Come on, praise the Lord. Come on, praise the Lord. No plague shall come near your dwelling. No plague shall come near your dwelling. When you begin to study revival history, there's a name that seems to emerge and rise to the top, and his name was John G. Lake. His middle name is Graham, John Graham Lake. Many of you have heard about John G. Lake, and when you begin to study his life, some of you know the story of when God commissioned him and his wife, Jenny, to South Africa during the time of what was known as the bubonic plague or the black plague that literally killed over 25 million people, moved from South Africa to many other nations throughout the earth and evolved. But as you begin to learn, this may be a new name to some of you tonight, maybe someone you have studied before. But as you begin to study about John G. Lake, you find these things out, that he was a man, he was known for being a family man. He was a great man of integrity. He was a man of honor. He was a man of great business savvy. <laughs> he was an entrepreneur, and he was a good father. He became one of the greatest men of our time that the world really has ever known. John G. Lake, when you study his life, you find out that he had a genuine love for Jesus Christ. He was known by his friends as a man who dedicated himself to having intimacy with the Lord. That was his chief goal, was to have intimacy with the Lord, to walk with the Lord as a friend of God. He built a very successful business. And to give you a perspective of John G. Lake's life, in 1905, at that time, he was making over $50,000 annually a year. To compare that to our time, he was making around $1.3 million annually. Wow. He was very successful in selling insurance. But John grew up, I want to give you a few things about his life tonight that I believe are vitally important. 
Stay with me tonight. John grew up in a family environment that was actually plagued with sickness and death. And it was said that John's earliest memories were of sickness and of death and of funerals. John G. Lake had a large family. He came from a family of 16 siblings, 17 children in all, 16 siblings. Eight of his, eight of his siblings tragically died of diseases. It's no coincidence that as John G. Lake became known as the man of healing in his young age, he was tormented, he was vexed by disease and death that just ravaged his own family. And many of you understand that the enemy will often oppose destinies with radical circumstances through, through a distortion to the very thing that God has called an individual to. Are you with me tonight? But John G. Lake was actually exposed to a dramatic healing that came forth in his life under a man named John Alexander Dowie. And John Alexander Dowie, when you study his life, his ministry was out of Chicago, Illinois, a little city called Zion, Zion, Illinois. John G. Lake was actually healed of rheumatism, which is a disease that causes the legs to grow incorrectly. And he was, he was dramatically, instantly healed in the meetings in Zion, Illinois. His wife, Jenny Lake, over the next couple years, soon after they were married, she was diagnosed with tuberculosis. She was diagnosed with heart disease. And over the next several years, the condition would worsen and worsen. And finally, the doctors told John G. Lake that his wife would soon pass and there was nothing else that they, they could do for her. John G. Lake had such extreme hatred in his heart for sickness and disease. And I have said to you before, if you are desiring for God to use you in a healing and miracle ministry, you have got to begin to hate that which God hates and God opposes. And God hates sickness and disease. He hates it with a passion, and that is why he sent his only lamb, his only beloved son for him who knew no sin to literally become sin and be cursed upon that wicked, vile cross to become the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world for God the Father to put his all of the curse of humanity upon his beloved lamb. God hates sickness and disease. And glory to God, Jesus paid for sickness and disease in full at that whipping post and at the cross. Come on, shout hallelujah. When John G. Lake would read the scriptures, unfortunately, he saw that the Christian experience was far less than what was promised by the Holy Spirit in the scriptures. And this is a true story. When Jenny, his wife, was dying, she was on her deathbed. John was so overcome, he was overcome with such anger, such disappointment over this sickness that he took his Bible, this is a true story, he took his Bible and he threw it at their fireplace mantle. He had been in deep intercession and prayer over his wife. And finally he went over, he stooped over, picked up his Bible 
But as he put his hand under the Bible, he looked down at it, and it was open to this scripture. It's Acts 10, 38. And it says how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Suddenly, John had a surge of faith, and he sent out a telegram to John Alexander Dowie, and they began to pray, and in one hour, Jenny was completely, dramatically raised up and healed. Hallelujah! Tuberculosis, heart disease, gone. Glory to God. Not long after this encounter, God began to call John G. Lake and his wife Jenny, their family, to go to South Africa and to begin their ministry there. And at that time, John and Jenny took all of their wealth that they had saved, their mega salary, and John walked away from it and chose to join with friends and partner with them to move to South Africa. This is around 1908. Actually, it's not around. It is in, in 1908. On May the 15th, 1908, John and Jenny and their family, they moved to South Africa. But what you got to know is that when they, when they moved to South Africa, the bubonic plague, the black plague, was sweeping across the entire nation. The death, the death count at that time was, was climbing dramatically. There was a surplus of corpses that the victims that had been plagued by this were so vast, they didn't have enough people to bury all of the corpse. When John arrived, it says that the medical doctors were actually astounded because John took it upon himself to start taking dead bodies and burying them. Well, they flipped. They were beside themselves because they told him he should not be touching these bodies because that bubonic plague, that black plague would spread immediately and inflict death upon him. And he said, oh, no, 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 no. He said, that, that will not happen to me. They said, oh, yes, it will. He said, no. He said, in fact, he says, I want you to take those cells of this plague and I want you to place it on the skin of my hand because when you do, you will watch it die. This is a true story. Those medical doctors there in South Africa put it under a microscope, and once, once that plague, they put it in his hand, once it touched his hand, in seconds that plague died. Those doctors asked, they said, how is this so? How is this so? And I'm going to give you the answer tonight, and it's found in the book of Romans chapter 8, and I want you to go there tonight. The doctors told John G. Lake, they said, you are insane. You are beside yourself. You are insane. So he challenged them, drop that plague on my skin and watch it under a microscope. And that plague died. And this is what John G. Lake's answer was. He said, the spirit, or excuse me, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Glory. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. That was John G. John G. Leake's answer. Then it is our answer now. 
This is the answer. It is a revelation that the law of the spirit of life has made you and I, not just John, you and I free from the law of sin and death. Paul goes on in Romans 8, and if you jump down just a few verses in verse 11, he says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give Life, say it tonight, life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, ladies and gentlemen, lives inside of you and I. It lives inside of you and I. The same very spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you abides in you. I want you to grab Hebrews chapter 2 tonight. We're on an assignment. We're going somewhere. The Apostle Paul writes these words, and I'm in Hebrews 2 tonight looking at just a couple verses. Hebrews 2, verse 14. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to to bondage. Are you seeing this? Folks, are you out there? Are you seeing this? One more time. And as much then as the children have partaken in flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death Jesus might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, to release those who the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. It means all their lives they were terrorized by the fear of death. And Jesus has dealt with that completely, destroying it, and he who had the power of death. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And how did he do it? He set us free from the law of sin and the law of death so that dominion that, that sin would no longer have dominion over us. So that sickness could no longer have dominion over you and I. You and I have been set free from the dominion of sin, sickness, and disease, and poverty. This is why Jesus went to the cross and endured the cross to release his anointing to destroy the power of death and sickness over our lives. To God be the glory. He desired to deal with fear once and for all. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's 2 Timothy 1.7. Jesus said these words in John 14. Put them in your notes tonight. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, 
he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. See, he said the dream of the Father was not that the Holy Spirit will just be with you. The dream of the Father was beyond our human comprehension. He said, I desire to put my very throne on the inside of my sons and my daughters. I desire to live and breathe within them, that they will have a very consciousness of my abiding presence within them. Ladies and gentlemen, I tell you tonight with all confidence and with all boldness, Christ in you is the hope of our generation. Christ in you is the hope of the nations. He is the hope of America. You'll know these words, and they're in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 10. This was part of the commission that Jesus gave to us, and to many of us, these are very, very familiar words. And in verse 7 of Matthew 10, Jesus said, As you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven, it is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received. Now go freely give. Notice the commission. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you've received. Freely give. How's that for a church mission statement? That was the commission. Jesus gave us a commission that in the natural is completely impossible. And that's why he sent the Holy Spirit to have residence and possession in our lives so that we could walk in the fullness of the power of the Spirit over sickness, over demons, over disease. Notice what Jesus said. Freely you have received. Now go and freely give. You learn how to give by receiving first. You learn how to give by receiving first. There has to be a transaction between you and Jesus. Between you and Jesus, a being with Jesus and receiving the Holy Spirit. Receiving His very Spirit. You learn how to give love to others if you've received love. You'll know how to give mercy to other people if you've been the recipient of mercy. You'll know how to give power away if you have received power. You have to go and freely give. This is the commission. This is the commission. Now Mark chapter 16. This is part of our commission as well. Mark 16. I'm going to give you two verses here. I like hearing those pages turn. Actually, I'm going to jump up to verse 15 if you're there. Verse 15, chapter 16, verse 15. 
He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. Folks, this, this is ministry in 2020. This is the real guts of it. This is, this is where you get down to, as my grandfather used to say, you got to get down to the brass tacks, to the nitty-gritty. <laughs> in my name, you're going to cast out demons. These are the words of Jesus. You're going to speak with new tongues. You're going to take up serpents, and if you drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt you. You will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. You have to see, ladies and gentlemen, this is part of the commission. This is part of the assignment that Jesus commissioned his apostles two by two, two by two, and he commissioned them and gave them out of a place of a reservoir of receiving, of being with Jesus, they would be able to give that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that is within you. They too would begin to operate in the supernatural and provide that which was most needed. What if we are coming into an hour of outpouring of the Holy Spirit where not only salvation is of the highest order and of the highest level, but healing is as well. I believe it. You have to see that this is part of the commission for this hour. This is part of the commission of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit for this hour. It is salvation and it is also healing. It is divine healing. It is also deliverance of dealing with demonic spirits. This is the hour that we live in. This is the commission that you must embrace. This is, this is the same anointing that Jesus gave to you. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon you because He has anointed you to preach the gospel, to set at liberty those, are cap those that are captive. To heal and bind up broken hearts. Are you with me tonight? To heal and restore body, soul, and spirit. This is the divine commission God has given us. Glory to God. I want you to look at Isaiah 60. Very familiar words tonight. Isaiah 60. I don't normally teach like this. I don't normally preach like this. But this is how the Lord gave me this word this morning and through the afternoon hours of prayer. Isaiah 60, verses 1 and 2. He says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. He has come. Oh, Jesus has come. He is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is Christ in you, the hope of the nations. He is Christ in you, the hope of this generation. He's Christ in you, the hope of this region. 
He's Christ in you, the hope of Florida. Your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Ladies and gentlemen, do not think it's a strange thing that we are seeing such bizarre, crazy behavior in this hour, or even the emergence of diseases. Do you know that the enemy comes immediately? When any seed of the Word of God is sown, Jesus said Satan comes immediately to steal that Word so that it does not produce. We have been treasuring a prophetic word along with our family, which is a global family of the nations, that we have entered into a brand new era, an era and a brand new decade of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we together are going to move in the greatest power movement of signs and wonders, of global harvest, of unprecedented power being released to bring salvation, deliverance, healing, power of the Holy Spirit. This is the word that we have been carrying, that you have been pregnant with for so long, carrying inside of you. It is no wonder that the enemy is coming with such great opposition. And how does he come? With the spirit of fear. A spirit of fear. You know, fear will cause you and I to make the, great, the, the worst decisions that we can ever make in our lives. And I've said this before, fear is very dangerous and you have to deal with it. God has not given us a spirit of fear. He has not given us a spirit of fear. And I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Spirit does not like the fear-mongering propaganda going on throughout the nations either. There is a greater word. The nations are the Lord. China is the Lord's. Hallelujah. China is the Lord's. Iran is the Lord's. America is the Lord's. And the nations shall be saved. He said that darkness would cover the earth. Great darkness. What is great darkness on the people? It is a mighty deception. It is a strong delusion that the enemy is putting upon the minds and the hearts of people in this hour. It is a strong delusion. It is a perversion. It is a delusion. Are you seeing this? He says, but the glory of the Lord is going to rise on you. It's going to be seen on you. Now is the time for the church, the apostolic church, who Paul was speaking of in Hebrews chapter 2, those that were delivered from the snare of the fear of death, they became unstoppable. The reason that they became unstoppable and could love not their life unto death is because they handled 
Jesus physically. They touched him. They ate with him. They fished again with Jesus. They spoke with him. They handled Jesus in a brand new form, a spirit form, but was flesh and bone. And because they were with him and tangibly beheld the Lord, where Jesus even said to Thomas, take your hand, place it in my side. Take your hand, feel my wounds. Because they were with Jesus tangibly, it did something to them, ladies and gentlemen. It delivered them from the fear of death. And because... They were delivered from fear. They became unstoppable. And they loved, loved not their own lives even unto death. They were willing. Why? Because they knew death was not the end. They knew that they were going to step through the veil of the threshold into another dimension just like Jesus into everlasting eternal life. Now, this is so important to where we're at. This is our address. That God is sending us and commissioning, commissioning us into an unprecedented hour. An hour of unprecedented warfare. Warfare for the minds and the hearts and the souls of the earth. That we have got to know the promise of God. What is ours in Christ Jesus? Knowing that no plague can touch our families. No plague can touch our children. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? We have got to be bold about this. And we've got to stand up as the church and say, no, no, no. No, we do not receive this. And we also do not receive the propaganda lies of the enemy who will try to spawn fear on America. So tonight we're going to enter into an assignment. I want you to take your Bibles aside. Place your Bibles aside and stand if you will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe there's healing power from the Lord in this room right now. I believe it because the healer is here. The healer is here. Cody, join me, please, buddy. The healer is here. The healer of nations, the healer of bodies, the, healing, the healer of minds. God. The healer of our soulish realm, our imaginations, our memories, our default um, actions that we step into because of fear. Holy Spirit, I thank you even now that the virtue and the power of Jesus is released in this room to deliver and set free. Oh God. We speak a better word over lives tonight. We speak the healing word and the healing virtue of Jesus over lives right now, over diagnoses that, are, that, are, that have been set upon men and women in this room as a badge. Tonight, Lord, we're stripping that off. As surely as you ascended into the heavenly realm and you stripped the enemy of all their authority and power in the heavenly places tonight, God, 
We are stripping those names of sickness and disease off of your people in the name of Jesus. Power of God be released. Lord, those that are with us online right now in the social media, I just I declare healing power, healing power be released. In the name of Jesus, power, power from the throne of God, power from the very face of Jesus be released. Glory. Would you lift your hands throughout the sanctuary tonight? Father, you know all things. You know all things. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, even as Jesus cursed the fig tree, spoke directly to the tree and commanded it to wither and die, I want us to come into agreement right now that this virus withers and dies. Come on, begin to pray it out right now. Speak to coronavirus right now, speak to it. Speak directly to it, curse it in the name of Jesus. Tell it to wither and die, do it. Yes, Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in all the nations of the earth, in all the nations of the earth, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we speak to that virus, wither and die. And may the virtue of Jesus flow through those that have been impacted in the nations right now. Be healed in Jesus' name. In Iran, be healed in Jesus' name. In China, be healed. In Italy, be healed. Be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We lose the virtue of Jesus. Oh, power of God. Power of God be put on display tonight. Power of God put on display tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, rejoice over this tonight. Rejoice over it. Rejoice over it. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com.